All right, so today I want to fin uh, continue on in Daniel. <clears throat> last uh, last time we did Daniel, we talked about Nebuchadnezzar, his conversion, his testimony, uh, his experience as a beast in the fields. <clears throat> so today we're going to go to Daniel chapter five. We're going to talk about Belshazzar, uh, Belshazzar, excuse me, the king, uh, the king uh, who is the grandson of Nebuchadnezzar. So in Daniel five one. Belshazzar the king made a great feast to a thousand of his lords and drank wine before the thousand. Belshazzar, whilst he tasted the wine, commanded to bring the golden and silver vessels, which his father, grandfather Nebuchadnezzar, has taken out of the temple, which was in Jerusalem, that the king and his princes, his wives, and his concubines might drink therein. Then they brought the golden vessels that were taken out of the temple of the house of God, which was at Jerusalem, and the king and his princes, his wives, his concubines, and they drank in them. They drank wine and praised the gods of gold and of silver and of brass and of iron and of wood and of stone. So Belshazzar is uh, Nebuchadnezzar's grandson who now rules. Now, the Bible here says uh, Nebuchadnezzar's son, he's the one who set up this empire. So they call him uh, Belshazzar, his son, even though he's actually his grandson, just like the Jewish faith, uh, the Jews call Abraham their father. So don't let that confuse you. So he, uh, he he's now ruling, and he's making a great feast. He celebrates by bringing in all the gold vessels that Hezekiah had shown to Nebuchadnezzar's ambassadors. And this is what started all the turmoil, was Nebuchadnezzar showed <clears throat> the ambassadors all of the stuff that they had in the house of God. So, of course, you go out and show somebody your great wealth, nine times out of ten, they want it for themselves. So it was a bad move on the part of Hezekiah. Yet he doesn't stop just showing all of the, the treasure from the house of God. He is now going to praise the gods of gold and silver. He is going to use the items from the Lord God's house, and he's going to mock the God who it was concentrated, consecrated to. He is now going to thoroughly mock God by praising the gods of silver and gold, not the God that the silver and gold was consecrated to, or even the God who made the silver and gold. So, I mean, that's that's very interesting. But I think really what, what's most interesting to me about the whole Belshazzar thing, and I'm probably going to say it a couple times, is his grandfather was driven to insanity, a beast of the field, and he came back from that, reclaimed his throne, his sanity. And when he did, he spoke of the God of heaven who was his God. Belshazzar did not learn from that example. All right. So in Daniel 5, 5, in the same hour came forth fingers of a man's hand and wrote over against the candlestick upon the plaster of the wall of the king's palace. And the, the king saw the part of the hand that wrote. Then the king's countenance was changed and his thoughts troubled him so that the joints of his loins were loosed and his knees smote one against another. While he was mocking God and all his banqueting and feasting and stuff was going on, a hand came forth and wrote on the wall. Now, I don't know about you, but it's not every day that you see a hand come down and write on a wall. I, I never have. Um, it's such a rare thing that it thoroughly destroy, uh, disturbs Belshazzar. So we go to 5-7. The king cried aloud to, to bring in the astrologers, the Chaldeans, the soothsayers, you know, Nebuchadnezzar called on them quite a bit too, and they never solved his problem either. So, and the king spake and said to the wise men of Babylon, whosoever shall read this writing and show me the interpretation thereof shall be clothed with scarlet 
and have a chain of gold about his neck and shall be the third ruler in the kingdom. Then came in all the king's wise men, but they could not read the writing nor make known to the king the interpretation thereof. Then was King Belshazzar greatly troubled, and his countenance was changed in him, and his lords were stonied. Now the queen, by reason of the words of the king and his lords, came into the banquet house, and the queen spake and said, O king, live forever, let not thy thoughts trouble thee, nor let thy countenance be changed. Now, something very interesting right off the bat at that last verse catches my attention. For instance, the queen, Belshazzar's king. So the queen, whether it was his mother, his grandmother, his wife, um, I believe it was his mother, uh, was not in the banquet hall feasting and partying with them. So the young are partying and living up while the older folks are there to clean up the mess while the young have they've gone to bed already. They don't want to be a part of the nonsense. So they, the queen was not at the party. So she came in and she decides to tell him, um, let not thy thoughts trouble thee, nor let thy countenance be changed. Meaning, don't get upset, don't worry, don't frown about what's going on. I have an answer for you. Okay. So in Daniel 5.11, she says, there is a man in thy kingdom in whom is the spirit of the holy gods and in the days of thy father light and understanding and wisdom like the wisdom of the gods was found in him. Whom the king Nebuchadnezzar, thy father the king, I say, thy father made master of the magicians, astrologers, Chaldeans, and soothsayers. Forasmuch as an excellent spirit, knowledge, and understanding, interpreting of dreams, showing of harsh sentences, and dissolving of doubts were found in the same Daniel whom the king named Belteshazzar. Now let Daniel be called, and he will show the interpretation. So Daniel has a, uh, a testimony. He's got a witness. He's true. He's faithful. Uh, God has given him a lot of wisdom, a lot of insight into things. Twice Nebuchadnezzar's had a dream, and he's given the interpretation to Daniel for Daniel to go. The Chaldeans, the astrologers, the soothsayers, none of them could answer, but Daniel could. So Daniel has a bit of a reputation. Um, he's a good guy. He's uh in Nebuchadnezzar's kingdom, he was second or third in the entire kingdom over all the provinces and all the rulers of all the provinces. So she, the, apparently um, Belshazzar does not know who Daniel is. So this is what I'm saying. He's young. He's carefree. He's He doesn't know what he's doing yet. So she comes in. She says, there's one who can answer. She tells him about Daniel. And uh, I always find it funny, though, when there's trouble around, they start looking for a man of God, but not when things are in the peacetime or whatnot. Peacetime is when you need to get into church and get your uh, your yourself set with God, okay? All right, so, because uh, when trouble comes, it may be too late to get in touch with God or to find someone who can. So anyway, Daniel 5, 17, Daniel comes before the king, and Daniel, ants, um, Daniel says, wait a second. So Daniel's called, and he has asked the question if he can answer or not. So he says in 5.17, Then Daniel answered and said before the king, let thy, gifts be, let thy gifts be to thyself, and give thy rewards to another. Yet I will read the writing unto the king, and make known to him the interpretation. O thou king, the most high God, gave Nebuchadnezzar, uh, thy father, a kingdom and majesty and glory and honor. And for the majesty that he gave him, all people, nations, languages trembled and feared before him. Whom he would, whom he would, he slew, and whom he would, he kept alive, and whom he would, he set up, and whom he would, he put down. 
But when his heart was lifted up and his mind hardened in pride, he was deposed from his king, kingly throne, and they took his glory from him. And he was driven from the sons of men, and his heart was made like the beast, and his dwelling was with the wild asses. They fed him with grass like oxen, and his body was wet with the dew of heaven, till he knew that the Most High God ruled in the kingdom of men, and that he appointeth over it whomsoever he will. And thou his son, O Belshazzar, has not humbled thine heart, though thou knewest all this. So Daniel recounts the testimony of Nebuchadnezzar. He says, O King Belshazzar, your grandfather was lifted up. He was given all of this power, all of these nations, all of this authority. And when his heart was lifted up in pride, God deposed him and put him in the fields as a beast. And now, Belshazzar, you are not humbling yourself before God, even though you knew this testimony. He did not pay attention to what went before. He is not paying attention to history, so he's not learning. Therefore, he has to repeat history. All right. So Daniel is, stole, is scolding the king, if you'll note a little bit, because he says, um, let thy gifts be to thyself and give thy rewards to another. Daniel wants nothing to do with any of that stuff. He wants none of it. All he wants is to let this guy know what's going on. So now Daniel's going to tell him what's going on in the dream, or in the the, the uh, writing of the hand that came down on the wall. Sorry, I dreamed Daniel. I, I just got used to doing that. Okay, so 524. Then was part of the hand sent from him, and this writing was written. written. And this is the writing that was written, many, many tekel upharzim. This is the interpretation of the thing. Many, God hath numbered thy kingdom and finished it. Tackle, thou art weighed in the balances and art found wanting. Paris, thy kingdom is divided and given to the Medes and Persians. Then commanded Belshazzar, and they clothed Daniel with scarlet and put a chain of gold about his neck and made a proclamation concerning him that he should be the third ruler in the kingdom. In that night was Belshazzar, the king of the Chaldeans, slain. And Darius the Mede took the kingdom, being about threescore and two years old. So an army was round about this kingdom, the kingdom of Babylon. The king is hosting a party, a banquet, a feast. Why was he doing that when when he when when there was a, a, an army nearby? Now, some say, well, he didn't know. Well, if he didn't know, then he wasn't a very good king because he didn't have the right people in the right places. I think he had to know. I think he thought maybe that his kingdom was impenetrable. That he, because you know, Nebuchadnezzar has built this ma ma uh, amazing power, and he was part of this amazing power, so it wasn't going to fall because it was an amazing power. He was young, he was invincible. Um, we all know how that goes, you know, but when we were young, we were invincible. Yet, the vo that very army that was surrounding that he was not worried about, that army was ordained by God to take the kingdom of Babylon and remove the concurrent administration. The king was handed a kingdom, and when it was falling apart, he doesn't know what to do, so he holds a feast, not a sensible one, but a feast, a party. He's drinking with women and wine and idols and gold and silver. Uh, you you got to think it's not uh, it's not a God-honoring thing. It's not a life-honoring thing. You got to think this was a last little blowout. I don't know. So God, who gave all to the family of Nebuchadnezzar, now is taking it away. The pride of this family, from Nebuchadnezzar to Belshazzar, and uh, 
the the son of Nebuchadnezzar in between. The pride is just it, it, it's very apparent. Even though Nebuchadnezzar was brought low, and in chapter four he he recognizes God as his God. So Belshazzar didn't do all this, but Belshazzar, upon hearing all of this, the the interpretation of the dreams. Um, he must do as he promised and honor Daniel as he promised, even though the news wasn't good. So Daniel tells him what's going on, what's going to happen, that there is a God and that there is a God that is going to replace him. So Belshazzar has to go, oh, and now he has to put the next, uh, the, the, the necklaces around his neck and give him the honor of third in the kingdom. And all the time he's going, ah, okay, who knows? All right. So Belshazzar is not happy, but what can he do? Uh, and that night, Belshazzar, the king of the Chaldeans, was slain, and Darius the Mede took over. There's a reason why testimonies are given in the Bible. There's a reason why examples are given in the Bible. In, 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 in the Old Testament and the New Testament, we have examples of good men, of bad men. We have examples of bad men who did wrong and who did right, Good men who did right and who did wrong. We have examples of people who just did wrong all the time. We have examples of those who followed God wholeheartedly, except for this one little part. We have examples of the great patriarchs and their sin plus their successes. That's the great thing about the Bible. It shows us men as they are, not as they want to be seen. Nebuchadnezzar, the king of everything, all languages, peoples, and tongues, he was lowered to a state of an animal. He was out in the field eating grass. Claw, his nails were out claw length, his hair like the mane of a lion. He was reduced to grazing as the animals do before he came to God. His testimony, his experience that he had given in Daniel chapter 4 was not listened to by his grandson, nor was it remembered. Nobody there said, "Hey, remember Nebuchadnezzar? Let's let's not let's rethink this." They didn't do that. The reason testimonies are given in the Bible, the reason examples are given in the Bible is that we might learn from them. That we might learn and live. Belshazzar did not learn and he died. Usually it's it's quoted as uh look and live or live and learn. This Belshazzar and he learned he would have lived okay so it's a little turn of the popular live and live and learn phrase learn and live uh he didn't learn therefore he didn't live i think just like uh belshazzar and 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 his failure to notice god i think we got to learn from that lesson from from nebuchadnezzar uh from the from those that have gone on before the interesting thing is that there's just so much, there's so much that was given to Belshazzar as an example. Uh, he, he had the, the negative example of, of his grand negative of his grandfather, and he had the positive of his grandfather, but he didn't learn any of it. Now, I barely know my grandfathers. I get it, I understand. Um, you know, we don't always look 50, 40, 50 years back. In fact, most of the time we're so caught up in our own little histories that we don't even pay attention to anything that when we weren't alive. And I get that. I do. Um, but in this instance, just like with uh, Ahasuerus in, in the book of Esther, when he couldn't sleep, he had the words 
uh, of the scroll of the scribes brought to him and read when he couldn't sleep. He was learning. He was reading. He was reading of the great kings of the past. Well, in, in this instance, he was reading of things that had happened in his lifetime, you know, in case things had been missed in his history. And he, 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 he was read of Mordecai and how Mordecai had helped him. And then he was asking, well, did we do anything for Mordecai? So he was learning from the recent history uh, in case he had forgotten something or whatnot. In this case, Belshazzar should have read the recent history and learned from it because he was given a mighty kingdom. He was given a mighty army. He was given everything in life, and he blew it because he didn't learn from history. In fact, not only did he not learn, he took the debauchery and the revelry, revelry and the pride to an even greater state than Nebuchadnezzar did. It was amazing. Nebuchadnezzar, at least when, when, when he spoke to Daniel in, in, in uh, chapter 2, he said, your God is the most high God. When he spoke to uh, the, the three Hebrew boys after the furnace, he said, your God is the God of all gods. Okay, But Belshazzar mocks that very same God by pulling the stuff out of the temple, well, the, the temple stuff out of storage, brings it out, and then he, he, he sacrificed. He, he, uh, praises the God of the gold, not the God who created the gold. He praises the God of the silver, not the God who created the silver. He didn't learn from history, his lesson, and he lost his kingdom. And I think that is a, a very imperative point here. So anyway, so the book of Daniel is just absolutely fascinating. Every chapter is just filled with a treasure trove of information. So the next time we do Daniel, it's going to be uh, the lion's den, but I, I think there's things that we often leave out of the account of the lion's den that I think you'll find very interesting. Um, so next week, we're going to get into next week. It could be tomorrow. It could be next week. I don't know, because uh, I also want to do um, Saul. So next time we do Daniel, it's going to be Daniel in the lion's den, and I really want you to, 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 to come along with me and, and listen, because there's just a whole bunch of things that you may not quite know in the details that we're going to look into. All right, I'll see you next time.